You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Lin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and selling your home to live and to sell. Welcome back to season nine. This is episode nine. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show podcast. And just a quick reminder that, backed by popular demand, I'm going to do another encore-free online training on how to step up your home staging game. So I took the most commonly asked questions about home staging and interior styling, and I broke them down into four strategies. So I'm going to be sharing these four strategies on the free online training that's going to take place on July 30th. So you can improve your home staging skills and win more clients today. We're going to talk about the number one mindset block that sets you back and knocks down your confidence as a home stager. We're also going to talk about how to develop the trained eye to keep your staging look sharp, on point, and on trend. I'm also going to talk about how to refine your staging work so that you can go to the next level of fun stuff, like using bold colors or going after the luxury market. We're also going to talk about how to figure out furniture art accessories placement in the room every single time. So when you sign up for this free online training, I'm also gonna send you a free tip sheet on my top 10 favorite home staging accessories and some sourcing tips as well. I'll also be giving away something huge on the free training, so be sure to check that out. I'm gonna put all this information in our show notes, or you can also go to cashinthecushions.com to sign up right now. It's spelled cash, C-A-S-H, in I-N, the T-H-E, cushions. C-U-S-H-I-O-N-S dot com. And about 300 people have gone through the training last time and everybody really loved it. We had a lot of great responses. And I did Q&A for actually an extra hour on top of the free training. So it was a very, very juicy training. So definitely join us this time. On today's show, I'm interviewing Chris Kendall. She's a photographer in the Fargo area, specializing in weddings and real estate photography since 2001. She has always been drawn to architecture in her photography work, so it was a natural step for her to include home photography in her business. A few years ago, she actually bought a little 1948 fixer up, and she loved getting her hands dirty with DIY projects to make this old house an adorable home for her. In her free time, she enjoys volunteering at her local AKC dog club, teaching um, the canine good citizen classes with her beautiful dog, Bullcat. She also runs a podcast on courage and curiosity with her sister. It's her passion to create, bring light and joy into the world any way she can. So it's a really great show today. I really hope you enjoyed it. We talk a lot about real estate photography and in different ways of angles and things that we don't notice normally uh, when we're staging homes. So it's going to be a really great episode. I hope you like it. Hey, Christina, thank you so much for being on today's show. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your business and how did you get into real estate photography? Absolutely. So I started photography um, in 2001 in high school, um, just kind of as a hobby, something I love to do. And um, my dad worked with a couple that did photography uh, on the weekends as a profession. So like weddings and that sort of thing. So they found out that I loved photography and were like, hey, you want to come? shadow us for a while like just see what's in the process of an actual business and I was like sure I didn't know what I was doing um so I followed them for a couple of weeks and they really liked me and I really liked them and so um it just sort of developed into almost like an apprenticeship so they took me under their wing and um Jim the the main photographer, he he taught me all the camera skills. So he taught me how to set the cameras. And this was back in the day before digital was even a thing. So it was like these big medium format film cameras with tripods and all that kind of stuff. And you had to take out the light meters and check the light by hand and all that kind of thing. So he taught me like all the technical skills. And then his wife taught me a lot of the business side of things and how to work with clients and, and um, keep things interesting and relaxed amongst weddings when it's stressful, that sort of thing. Um, so fast forward a couple of years, they retire and said, you are too talented at this. You need to start your own business. So again, I was very young. I was probably like 21 at the time. And I was just like, okay, 
I'll do that. Um, so I started a wedding photography business and um, have been doing that now for 18 years. Um, and it's it's kind of funny because I know when we first connected, you were like, do you even really do a lot of real estate? Because my we- <laughs> my website is mostly weddings. Um, but the funny thing is looking backwards, I can see how real estate really was um, kind of woven into weddings because if you think about it, a lot of weddings, um, the people, you know, they spend a lot of time and effort and energy and money on their venues. And so as a wedding photographer, I wanted to really capture the venue as much as the people. Um, so when I would walk into a wedding, I would try to incorporate, you know, the church's architecture or um, during the ceremony, maybe use the columns of the huge cathedral or whatever. So I was using a lot of um, architecture in my photography. And and then I also noticed like when I went on vacations, I was always taking pictures of buildings. Like I just have always gravitated towards um, the architecture. I just, I love the lines. I love the way um, things connect together. I love um, seeing the, the details that people have put in it as far as um, the artwork that's like carved into it or, um, just the spaces that people create for, whether it's a restaurant or a, a, a venue for a wedding. Um, and then I also learned a lot of skills uh, as far as being very quick on my feet when it came to taking photos of rooms and that sort of thing. Because um, as soon as the wedding ceremony is done, I would rush over to the venue section and start taking pictures of, you know, the if it was, say, a, a barn um, reception. So I would go from the church to the barn really quickly and have to set up all my settings very fast because I knew that the guests were coming literally five minutes behind me and I had five minutes to get this uh, venue photographed. So I think a lot of those skills that I learned in the wedding photography um, have transferred into real estate. And a lot of the realtors that I work with are like, wow, you are so fast at this. Like it usually takes people an hour to do this house and I do it in 30 minutes. And so I think having that experience of weddings where you just, it's your only option is to be quick and you have to get it and you have to know where to stand and to get the angle so that you really are showing off the space as well as possible. Um, Yeah, it all kind of tied together. Uh, So kind of how I transitioned from weddings into real estate, um, I saved up for my own house in 2015 and started looking um, for houses and realizing how horrible the photography is on a lot of real estate websites and um, noticing that when I would look for a house um, and then I would go and actually see the house, how different it looked compared to the photos, especially like um, I would look at a photo and it would be super dark and I'd be like, it's kind of dingy looking. I'm not sure I even want to go look at it. And then I would go look at it and it had huge windows. It was super bright. And I was like, this doesn't really connect, you know, that doesn't fit. Um, And so I was working with a realtor that I really loved. And then when I did find my house, um, I asked her, you know, would you ever be interested in having me work for you as a photographer for you and kind of help you upgrade your photography for your listings? Um, And then it just kind of developed from there. I started asking some of my past clients who were wedding photography clients who I knew were also real estate agents. And I said, you know, I've started to do some real estate on the side during the week. Would that be anything that you would be interested in? having some extra help with and it kind of just snowballed from there so I do a lot of real estate work during the week and then weddings on the weekend so it actually ends up being like a perfect mix of keeping my calendar super full and every day is different and it's always really exciting to see what happens because yeah I'm sure you know as a uh, someone in the industry that things come on the market very quickly so I literally will just get a text and be like hey can you do a photo shoot for me tomorrow so it's not something that I can really plan out a year in advance like I do with weddings but it it's just, it's really interesting to me how well the two connect together. Yeah. And I think wedding is actually one of the most difficult genre to shoot in photography because it's very demanding. People are very emotional. You're dealing with a oh, yeah. lot, a lot of people <laughs> that you don't really know what's going to happen. And you actually need to shoot um, architecture and interiors and yes. on top of that people and you have to do it for a very long time because um, I have friends who shoot weddings. I mean, it's like 10, 12 hours on your feet yep. and you had to be super quick because you had to get first look, you had to get, you know, all their 
prep shots and then during the wedding, after the wedding, reception, all the family photos and all the party photos. Absolutely. So, so I feel like from the photographers I met, the ones who shot weddings, they usually excel in other areas as well because I also think shooting wedding is a bit like a documentary. Like you really, you're there to document someone's life. You know, it's a huge day of their life and there's a lot of fineness that goes into it. And I think because you have the film training background, I think really helps as well because I think as a photographer, you really have to get your technical stuff down in order to shoot weddings actually, because there's, there's a lot of terrible lighting scenario, for example. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, it's amazing yeah. to me how horribly lit most venues are. <laughs> like, yeah, you think and that they would want them to be well lit and look amazing. And honestly, if you see photos from weddings where you're like, oh, that's an amazing venue, it's actually an amazing photographer because venues are ridiculously hard to photograph. They're often the color of the light that they use is really hard like there's a venue here in town that they put led lights in the ceiling which sounds really cool like they can change the color of the room to be the mood of your wedding but if you actually go in there and photograph it everybody looks like bright pink or bright blue and and so um it takes a really good photographer to be able to make those situations look good you know what i'm saying yeah exactly and the post-production of that would be a total nightmare oh uh, yeah with white balancing and all those different colored lights so I think actually if you got weddings down usually I think you should be fine other genre uh, yes. genres so I I actually love real estate because it's so much easier than weddings and I you know no offense to people who who have spent their entire life doing real estate and and you know put their hearts into it but weddings are a ton harder (laughs) so real estate feels like a relief in a lot of ways yeah I'm sure and also it's a much shorter quicker project compared to weddings where you're you're standing on your feet like whole day and night yeah to get yeah it takes me about four hours of total work to do a house just from start to finish like all if you include all the driving and the editing and delivery process and everything like that but the actual in-house photography is usually about a half an hour to an hour for most of the houses of, of the size that I generally do. And so what is your local real estate market like? So um, I live in the Fargo area, um, Fargo, North Dakota. And a lot of people, when they hear that, they think of the movie, the movie. or the TV show, <laughs> you know, and they think, oh, it's just a little tiny hick town. But actually, um, that series was was filmed in a, in a small town in Minnesota. So Fargo is actually... Um, about uh we're we're crossing over the quarter million mark as far as population um so it's a incredibly vibrant growing city it's one of the top 10 small cities of america and um if you can stand the winters it's a great place to live (laughs) so the the housing market is just absolutely booming it it is um actually kind of ridiculous. Uh, We have people who literally sell their houses within an hour of putting it on the market. And um, I had friends last year who were trying to buy a house and they said that they would see a listing come up. They would call their agent instantly and go and look at it within, you know, within that first hour. And there was already lines of people waiting to look at the house. And then people were, you know, putting in so many offers that they started putting in um, like sob stories for why they should be the one to get the house, you know, so they would be writing letters about like, oh, we're expecting our third baby and we really need the extra room and we should be the one that you picked to sell your house to. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because the general area of uh, Fargo is right on the border of, of uh, North Dakota and Minnesota. And so this region, um, it, it has a fairly low cost of living as far as like food and other things, but housing is really expensive just because it's such a high demand and um it's also a college town so we have uh three main universities and then there's probably another three or four smaller uh college type um you know state schools and so uh we get a lot of students here who you know they move to town they get married they they, uh, get a job here they stay here so yeah real estate is huge the um New build is, it's crazy to me. Every time I go out towards the Western or Southern edge of town, it's like, there's a whole new neighborhood that I never even saw. And it's only been three months since I've, you know, driven in that area. So 
it's it's crazy how how fast everything is going right now. Um, it's starting to settle in. I think we're kind of hitting that tipping point as far as um, you know <laughs> the the cost of demand and that sort of thing. People just aren't willing to pay a lot more, and so it's starting to slow down a little bit. But um, yeah, it's a really booming area. And so. Um, do you see staging as a popular thing to do in your real estate market? Um, honestly, not so much staging. I've only worked with two staged properties. Um, one of them was a new build and it was a duplex. And so the real estate agency, they staged one side and then left the other side uh, completely empty. Um, and they did an excellent job, whoever they hired, like spot on as far as, you know, the the furniture and the furnishings and the artwork that they brought in, it really highlighted the space. Um, and then another property that I did, um, it was like a, a nursing home kind of uh, assisted living type apartment that was new. And the manager called me and she's like, yes, we're going to have it all staged for you and ready to go. And I walk in and it's literally just like a folding table with a nice little place setting. And that was like it in the whole kitchen. And then uh, the living room just had like one chair in the corner with a pillow on it. I was like, this is staged. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's it's a frustrating not, thing. Yeah. I, and so it's not really something that I'm seeing yet, but I think it's an um, with our industry here, I would not be surprised if in the next five years it becomes um, kind of the, as the market stops being quite so crazy, you know, I, I think a lot of real estate agents, because it was so easy to sell, they just didn't feel the need, you know, because they could put something on and it would sell within a couple of hours. Um, and I think now that that's starting to slow down, that I think agents are looking for ways to, um, you know, to keep that demand up. So staging is going to become bigger. And I think uh, photography is actually going to become more important now that it's starting to slow down again, too. Yeah, I think so. It's really when the market has slowed down and then the agents really start driving for the marketing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would love to see more of it because honestly, um, a lot of the houses that I walk into, it's like, you know... <laughs> This could have been a lot better. Um, I have a couple of horror stories of almost like hoarder situations where you just walk in and they, um, there's stuff everywhere. And one of the houses that I did, um, literally they had a, a pan of bacon grease on the stove still. And like, it was just really disgusting. And I'm like, how is this, how am I gonna, supposed to photograph this? Because usually I will you know, move a garbage can or the tissue boxes or a few little things, but there was just so much stuff on every surface that there was no way that I could make it look any better, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. And so is that something you talk to your agents about? Like maybe you should, you guys should spruce out the house before I come so the, like the photos yeah. will look much better. So I do send out emails if it's an agent that I've never worked with before. And I have definite recommend recommendations of what they should um, ask their clients to do. I work with a couple of real estate agents who are amazing. The The one that I bought my house from, um, she's probably the one that I work closest with. Her name is Maria Roche, and she is fantastic at getting things organized and making sure her clients um, have things cleaned and stuff. So I actually asked her for a list of some of her tips. So um, she says that she always recommends people to um, do things like even switching out low light light bulbs for brighter ones and to take everything off of the fridge like all of your children's artwork mm -hmm. and the calendars and the magnets like take all that off the fridge um organize their closets so that when um not only when i come to photograph it but also for their showings if people open up their you know especially like the master's walk-in closet that the clothing is organized and neatly folded and not just falling everywhere um she also recommends things like getting accent pillows for the beds if they're if you don't already have them and then um, also focusing on curb appeal so you know doing a little bit of landscaping out front you don't even have to do a lot but just you know buy some geraniums and put them in a colorful flower pot on your front steps just little things like that make a huge difference so whenever I work with her I know it's going to be a, a, a much better situation that I walk into that I'm not going to have to be tidying up as much um, but I still end up it's kind of funny. There's like four or five things that almost always end up being moved by me. So um, I always have to move the garbage can in the kitchen. 
Um, I always have to move uh, tissue boxes, especially in, from the bathrooms, because a lot of people just put the tissue boxes like right on the toilet. And, you know, that's fine. When you're living there, it's fine for um, even showings. I think it would be okay. But for photographs, I just I like things to be as clean as possible. And um, so I just move tissue boxes, garbage cans. And then I almost always have to move plungers <laughs> next to the toilet, which is always <laughs> kind of gross. But there, people just kind of, you get so used to seeing something in a place that you forget that it's there. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of just walk into a room. I would recommend just walk into a room and kind of do a, a quick scan. Are there things sitting on the counters that don't need to be there? Do you really need to see your paper towels in the kitchen? Um, probably not. So put them under the sink for the photos. Or um, do you really need to see the pet water bowls? Probably not. And especially pet supplies, I think, are good to hide because um, not everybody likes to know that there is a pet in the house. Like that might be a turnoff for some people looking at the photos. They might say, oh, maybe the carpet smells or whatever. Whereas if you hide that stuff, they're more likely to come and actually walk through the house and maybe there won't be a pet smell and so they won't even know, you know, you wouldn't know what I'm saying. Yeah, because I do think that photos can be really revealing. Because mm -hmm. um, the other thing I think, a lot of stagers feel frustrated is that they feel that when they are in the room, the staging looks great. But when they get the photos back, the staging doesn't look so great. And I think a lot of it has to do with how camera captures and reads the room is actually very different than how humans yes. do it. Because yes. the camera mimics the eye, but it's not an exact replica. So like, yeah. and then depending on what lens you're using, there's going to be distortion and all that stuff. So sometimes you, you are inside a room, you feel like, oh, this looks great. You know, it, the ambiance looks really great. And also has to do with lighting maybe too. And also the, the angle is being shot. And then so when you look at the photographs, sometimes it doesn't look as great um, as you would feel when you're in person. Exactly. And, and, and yeah. a lot of times those little objects that I was saying that I moved, like the tissue boxes, you don't necessarily necessarily notice it as out of place in person like you walk into a room and it feels normal but it really stands out in a photo which is just it's so odd and it's something again that I picked up a lot in in wedding photography is the kind of details that you don't notice in person but your eye is directly drawn there in a photograph so you you know wedding photographers get kind of teased for always telling people to take hairbands off of their wrist um and it's because that's like the first thing that you notice in a photograph, whereas in normal life, you don't notice other people walking around with a wristband, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so but when you yeah, look at a nice wedding photo, you're like, why? Why do I have a hairband? Oh. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that is another skill that I brought over is being able to kind of scan an area really quickly and say, okay, this is going to stand out in a photograph and we don't want that. Or to say, let's move this plant just a little bit so that it's not blocking the light or you know just little things like that yeah it's kind of funny because I um I was a prop assistant for three years oh um, cool while I was staging and in Bay Area there was a lot of furniture catalog type of thing because Polly Barn was based there so I worked on shoes for Polly Barn and Target come out to shoot in the Bay Area a lot too like yeah to shoot their packaging for you know like bedding and stuff like that for the threshold line and I remember like, I mean, it's funny because if you've never been on a set before, it's funny because you look like stylists do this walk, like they walk up to the set and they move this thing one inch and then they walk back, look at the monitor and they walk back again to tweak everything. It's like all day. It's like this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it might look really ridiculous to other people, but actually just even making a tiny tweak in an image can actually make a huge difference on the picture. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. So we all look like crazy people, but that's pretty much <laughs> why. And I yeah. always kind of feel like I look like a crazy person because I will, you know, as I'm looking for that perfect angle, I'll be, you know, just shifting my body like an inch this way. Nope, that didn't work. An inch that way, back up slightly forward. And I'm what I'm looking for is to try to include as many straight lines as I can. So if I can get, you know, that extra little bit of the railing from the uh, stairwell to be completely in the photograph um, or uh, you know the window make sure that the entire corner is showing in the image um, so like I'm just constantly just adjusting my own body position by just these tiny minute 
back and forth side to side. So I'm sure I look really ridiculous when I'm photographing it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that's, that's the thing. Cause I am actually, I'm shadowing a interior photographer right now and she was well, she shoots tethered so you can see it directly on the computer screen oh, nice. so she has all these guidelines to make sure all the straight lines yeah and sometimes we don't have guidelines and she immediately is like that is crooked and I was like really like and then of course she pulled the guys out I was like yeah that is crooked I yeah. think <laughs> just the training of it you really have to be meticulous when it comes to lines in yeah. shooting interiors and, and like I was saying before like I um with the weddings you don't have the time to do that so you have to get really good at eyeballing it and then also in post-production I will you know in Lightroom take out the grid and make sure things are straight um, and crop it if I need to but um, yeah I I think especially for the kind of photography that I do here it's not multi-million dollar you know properties that are on the Bahamas or anything like that so I think for me real estate agents want want it quick they want it fast turnaround they want the images the same day um so you know I think that there's almost like two different types of real estate photography there's like the really probably more like what you're um apprenticing with right now which is more perfectionist and you know magazine quality and make sure that everything is perfect and then there's more like what I'm doing which is like they just want really nice photos to post so that people will buy the house and I need to be quick and fast and um not quite as perfectionistic, which is a little challenging because I would love to be more. But at the same time, there's only so many hours in the day too. So you got to get exactly. the job done. And so let's talk about your process. So what is your process like when you get an assignment to photograph a home for listing photos? Are there specific things that you're looking for when you walk into the house? Um, the very first thing that I do, um, I usually start with the exterior photos. Um, and I will have the people move their cars if they're in the in the driveway or anything like that. I'll move the garbage cans again if they're sitting next to the garage um, and then do the exteriors, go out and do the backyard. Um, and then I come inside so I can have all my settings changed for the indoors. <clears throat> and then the very first thing that I do when I walk into a house is I request everybody turn on every light in the place. So we go around and try to find all the light switches and turn on you know, the, the lamps and every every light possible. Um, And then I just kind of um, look at the space and get my camera settings. So I try to do as much white balance in camera as possible. Um, I think that that is one of the reasons that I am able to do things quicker is because I do as much in camera (laughs) as I can. So I I see, you know, I check the color temperature of the room. Um, Are they using really yellow lights? Is it like a a gray wall that's going to be more of a blue cast to the room. Um, So I set my camera. And then the other thing that I really look for uh, mentally is I'm trying to set my camera so that I get some of the image um, from outside of the windows as well as the inside exposed correctly so that I can you know, when I, when I'm editing the photos that I'll be able to bring down some of the highlights from the outside so that you can actually see what is the view outside the window, which is actually a mistake that I see a lot in real estate photography. Um, especially people who use like point and shoot cameras, they just don't have the, the range and the capability to get the uh, exposure correct both inside and outside at the same time. <laughs> Cause you know, like our eyes, we can, we can walk into a room and then see that the room is really bright and then be able to look out the huge glass window and see, you know, the backyard, but a camera kind of can only see either the inside or the outside lighting wise. Um, So getting that balance really, it's very tricky. It usually takes a couple of minutes for me to balance it um, just right. And I use a flash so that I can brighten up the inside so that it'll be a little closer to what the outside lighting is. Um, and then as soon as I kind of get it all balanced that I walk around the room and try to get as many different angles as I can, just because there's so many different features of houses, whether you want to, um, you know, really highlight the, the space itself, or if you want to highlight, say just the fireplace or, um, so I try to just get as much coverage of the house as I possibly can. And then the realtor can decide which of the angles they like best. Um, I really try to focus on the kitchen because that's a huge selling point. So I get a lot more photos of the kitchen than the rest of 
like a bedroom would only get like maybe three photos, but a kitchen is going to get like 10 or 12. <laughs> so you just want to really highlight that space. Um, and then the rest of my process is uh, just making sure that my white balance is correct as I'm shifting from room to room because, you know, the paint colors are going to change, the light bulbs are going to change the way that the color hits. Um, and then also, um, like we were talking about the straight lines, that's super important to make sure that everything is straight, that I'm not getting crooked or wonky. Um, and the other thing that I really like to try to highlight is the way a house flows. So when I was, um, you know, looking for a house, uh, one thing that I noticed was that a lot of people just took a photo of a room, but you didn't know how that room connected to the rest of the house. So when I'm photographing a house, I try to find at least two or three angles where you can see, oh, the living room actually opens up into, you know, the stairwell that goes down to the basement, or the kitchen actually opens up to the dining room. So it's not just the kitchen and dining room. It's like one photo where it shows how they connect together. So it gives you a better feel for how the house flows, um, which I think is really important for when you're a client looking to buy a house, you want to know, oh, it's not just a box of rooms. It's like it actually connects together and this is what it looks like. I totally agree with that because I think it's kind of that implied movement, right? Because then you can right. see that this living room opens into the dining room or it's next to the entryway. It kind of tells the story of the house a bit more. Yes. And so I try in, in my head, I'm always like, I don't necessarily have a shot list, but I've done it long enough. So I kind of am like, okay, I need one of just the room, but then I also need one of an angle where it's going to connect. And then I need the detail of the fireplace. And, you know, so I kind of try to cover it all and then let the realtor decide how they want to best or, you know, which images they, they prefer. Yeah. I'm really curious about the white balancing part, because I think that there's like a debate because some people are like, no, we should shoot with natural light. And some people it's like, no, I like to using artificial light. And, and it sounds like you're more the artificial light route. Um, yeah, just so that I can get a little bit more light into the inside so that I can get a little bit of the outside image as well. Um, so I don't want to get too technical because I know a lot of your, your listeners are realtors and not photographers, but basically a camera, um, it only has a, sh a short range of a bit, uh, ability to um, expose something correctly. So I want to make the inside a little bit brighter so that it matches the brightness of outside so that we can get that view out the window. Um, so I use a flash on my camera and I use a, a gel on it, which means that I'm adjusting the color of the flash. So either making a little bit bluer or a little bit more yellow compared to what I need it to do. And then I match um, that light in the camera dials so that it will show up as white. So what you basically want to do is just make sure that everything looks white and um, get the exposure inside and outside as close together as you can. And then when I pull it into Lightroom later, that's my editing software, um, what I do is I bring all the whites down and so then that outdoor uh, image will kind of come back into the normal exposure range. And then I brighten up the shadows so that the inside will be a little bit brighter. So then when you actually look at the final image, it looks like, oh, I can see everything on the inside and I can get an idea that there's pine trees in the background, in the backyard. Um, so it's just kind of a trick of a lot of balancing <laughs> between the white balance, the exposure inside, outside. You know, the color outside is usually a lot bluer. The color inside is usually a lot yellower for the electric light bulbs. And you just have it's, it's like walking this tightrope that you constantly have to be monitoring and making sure that um, you have all of those settings exactly correctly. That's great. I love it. I love this technical stuff, actually. I think it's really fascinating and very scientific. So um, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not realize there was that ma much mathematics and um, numbers and, and really the science of it. When I first started, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm creative. I like to take pictures. And then you start learning about how to actually use your camera when it's not set on automatic. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is so much to learn. And like, <laughs> When I first started, I was like, I'm never going to understand this. This is just, it's too complicated. There's too many, you know, you feel like you're flying a jet where you have to like bounce up and down and sideways and like you're in 3D space instead of just in a straight line. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, there's actually a lot of math involved in 
like taking photographs. I had a、yeah. photo theory class, and then the whole time we're basically calculating, you know, if the ISO is four hundred and your aperture is at two point eight. What do you have to do to make、and、the exposure? And it depends on the situation. Like it doesn't、yeah. work in if you're inside. It's different than if you're outside or whatever. <laughs> it's like a freaking nightmare. And I was kind of like, <laughs> I signed up for a photo class. I did not sign for a math class. So, <laughs> yeah. So I I kind of learned a few like、uh, basic points, and then I I scroll from there. So. Um, it, yeah, you get to a point where it sort of becomes intuitive too.、Yeah. Like you've done it so much that you kind of know that when you're inside, you're gonna have your ISO at this point or whatever. So it it gets easier as you do it longer. So if you're listening out there and you're like, "Oh, this sounds way too complicated," you get there. It's you know it just takes practice. Yeah, no, it does. Because I think also you get into the rhythm of your own machine. Like you're used to your、yeah. camera, and it really becomes. An extension of your hand, like、It、you、does. can just you can just dial. You don't even need to look, and you can just know how many stop I need to do this. It comes, it kind of becomes intuitive. Yeah, which is a, a really good point because I have, I, I shoot on a Nikon camera, and、um, I had a friend hand me her Canon camera, and she's like, "Can you take some, you know, just photos of whatever,、uh, like a Mother's Day picture or something?" And I literally did not know how to set her camera because all the buttons were in different places, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm a professional, but I have no idea how to use your camera." No, I'm the same way because I've been like, for example, someone you someone handed me an Android phone the other day to take camera、uh, to take a photo for them, and I was like, I don't know how to use your camera phone, even、yeah. though it's super intuitive. And it's the same because I shoot on a Canon system. Okay. So when people give me Nikon, I'm like,、uh, I know what a shutter is, but I don't know how to adjust your exposure at all. Like, yeah, because、like, the buttons are in completely different places and they scroll differently, and you're like, I don't know how to get it to do what I need it to do. Exactly, and so I know a lot of listing agents take their own listing photos. I mean, I've seen people use their own DSLR, and I've seen people use point and shoot, and I've seen people use camera phones. Yeah.、Um, what are some of the common mistakes that you see people make when they don't hire a professional photographer? Well, it's interesting, actually. Literally yesterday, I was at dinner with a friend, and she's looking at getting a pre-built house to put on a farm. And so she、mm. handed me a brochure or like a, a printed-out paper、uh, with the house that she had just looked at, and the house photos on it were so dark that I could not make out what color the cabinets were.、Um, and then the photo of the bathroom—it was literally just a picture of the toilet with like a, a window above it that was so bright that it had this glow. And you couldn't make out any other details in the room, and so I'm pretty sure they probably just used a little point and shoot and just snapped a photo.、Um, and so I was like, I, I mean, it, I can't really tell what this even looks like. And this was their advertising for that particular house. Like this was a pamphlet they were handing out as a business, and it just really shocked me. Like you can't even tell the color of what the floor looks like or the countertop looks like.、Um, so then we went and looked at the house together, and I walk in, and it, and it was a totally different. A different vibe than what the pamphlet was giving, because there was windows on three sides of the kitchen. It was really bright. It was very airy, and in the photo, I would have thought that it would be very dark and there would be no windows. So one of the biggest mistakes that I see is exposure issues. It's just you can't get any sort of feel for what the house actually feels like. It often feels、um, like the photos are almost grainy. They're so dark.、Um, And and like I was saying, that one window is just glowing, and so that it makes the whole room just have this kind of fuzzy glow to it. So if you're taking photos,、um, you know, with a, a point and shoot or your your、uh, your phone, it has even less ability to get the exposure right than a DSLR camera.、Um, so that's probably the biggest issue that I see is just really bad exposure, so that you can't get a feel for what the color of the house looks like, or Yeah, that's probably another one is color tone.、Um, I see a lot of people who use point and shoots just on automatic, and like we've been talking about white balance a lot. So the white balance in a, a camera, it'll it kind of thinks it knows what white is, but what's white really isn't white. And so then a lot of times those little point and shoot cameras turn out very yellow. 
So you take a picture of a really nice kitchen and all of a sudden the cabinets, instead of looking like a pretty oak, all of a sudden they look like a really bad 80s kitchen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it, it just, it makes you not really want to go and look at the house because the color just, it doesn't accurately show what the house looks like. And then, like we said before, like the not being able to see how one room flows into the next. And that's just a matter of a lot of point and shoots just simply do not have a wide enough angle lens on their little zoom. So they just can't get wide enough to show how a space flows. So those are probably my three biggest issues that I see with most people. Um, And then angles, like just things are a little crooked or um, off kilter and you just don't feel like going to see the house, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it drives me crazy because I look through like all these staging hashtags on Instagram and a lot of stagers, they want to make their photo look cooler or whatever reason. And they would tilt the photo like a 45 degree angle. And I'll be like, don't do that because it doesn't really. <laughs> I think that's a, a very amateur thing to do. I think almost every photographer, when they very first start, they tilt the photos because they think it's cool. And then all of a sudden you realize it's not cool. It's actually very Uh, it's distracting people can't really see what's going on and yeah and then the the non-straight line always drives me crazy it's Mm -hmm. that like yeah I don't know it's because my training or whatever but it it drives me crazy because it feels like I don't know it kind of like a titanic effect like you're on a ship like nothing is straight kind of thing and And it is challenging to get those lines straight particularly if you're like in the corner of a room and you're not necessarily head-on straight looking you know it happens a lot in kitchens because they're a little bit narrower so I have to go at a bit of an angle to be able to see the entire stove or something like that and it is hard to get straight lines when it's at an angle but I think it's possible you just kind of have to pick a point that's going to be like your um almost like the prow of a ship you know in the room and then keep that straight and so are you shooting with a tripod when you're shooting Um, I do not. And again, it's just because a lot of the realtors that I work with prefer me to be really quick and to get it turned around to them. And so, you know, if I was doing multi-million dollar hotels or things like that, I totally would. And I would probably be doing composites rather than, you know, trying to do all the balancing with the exposure. So basically that means that I would set the camera on a tripod and then take one photo exposed for the outside image, you know, outside the huge for the view yeah say it's like the caribbean and there's beautiful blue ocean i would take the view shot and then i would take the indoor shot and then in in photoshop i would um layer them two together layer the two together but i simply just don't have the time to do that for the level of real estate that i work at which is unfortunate because it would be fun to do a little bit more technical but you know it works yeah. And also, I don't think you're paid enough for that kind yes. of work because that That's, takes a lot of time. That's what people don't realize. Yeah. And so do you do color correction as well while you're doing white, white balancing to make sure the colors of the cabinets, for example, are on point? Um, that's what I do in, in Lightroom. Um, so I just kind of, um, as I import the photos and then you know, make sure everything's straight, make sure the brightness is good, make sure I'm getting that view out the window as best I can. And then um, I will take a brush occasionally and just um, either lighten up a certain area that didn't quite get enough light for my flash or adjust the color just a little bit um, so it's more true to life. And that's just, um, you know, there's only so much your camera really can do. And there's, you know, if, if, for example, Um, someone's using very yellow lights in their kitchen, but their dining room has more of a green tone light. There's not much I can do about that in person. So then I just kind of tweak it a little bit in the (laughs) post-processing. How much post-processing do you normally do? Um, Not a ton. I try, like I said, to do as much in camera as I possibly can. But yeah, just adjusting that, uh, like I was just saying, you know, adjusting the the tones just a little bit, making sure that you know, the corners are brightened too. And um, sometimes I'll bring the blacks down just a little bit to, to give it slightly more contrast. So it looks a bit more three-dimensional rather than just flat. Um, I, but I try not to go too far as far as, um, there's some techniques out there that are really extreme as far as editing. And I just, I prefer to keep things as natural and true to life as I can, because I feel like that's 
what will attract people to actually want to come and walk through the house, which is the whole point of my work, you know? Yeah. And yeah, actually, we had a photographer that we used it because our top producer client really liked him. Mm-hmm. So I have to use him um, for because we because when I was staging, I would include photography as part of the package. Yeah. And because my client really liked this guy, like he really loved the way this guy shot it. And so we always use him. But I think he used sharpness way too much. Mm-hmm. And his photos always have this slight purple tint. I'm not sure why. <laughs> and I'm not sure why my client really loved it. But I think sometimes men are a little bit colorblind. So they don't maybe <laughs> well, not could see be. it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I did what I'm sure you've probably seen it. There's a, a test online somewhere where there's like, a hundred blocks of colors that you have to arrange in a certain order. And then they tell you like how well you can see color. And I got like a hundred percent on it, which was pretty cool. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh my God. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) It was really fun, but yeah. No, but I do think training helps because I think most people who work in interior design or home staging or any type of interior work, they are more sensitive to color differences. Yes. And you do teach yourself to see it. It's not, I mean, I I feel like I came about fairly naturally being able to see color. It was always very important in my family to see color. Um, Actually, my great grandfather in the 1930s, he had a uh, a business um, painting houses. And that was before the times of computers who could match paint colors. And so Mm. he was known in town as being the guy who could match your paint. So if you had a paint color on the wall already and you just needed the other wall done, but you wanted it to match, you would call him and he would come and like be able to mix the paint by hand and get the perfect color. So I feel like my family naturally has that color sight gift, um, but you do have to teach yourself also to be able to see it. So I definitely notice when I walk into a place, whether the light is a little bit more blue or green or purple or, you know, that the orange of the carpet is kind of clashing with the gray of the wall or whatever. So you do practice it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very certain of it because I think a lot of photographers are more sensitive to colors as well. Mm -hmm. Like this uh, photographer I've been working with, I mean, she can really tell if the light is bluer or the light is more yellow. And I'm always be like, I don't, I can't see it. I don't know why you can see it. It's like you have magical eyes. <laughs> but she actually yeah. was trained in a printing shop mm-hmm. and she trained in analog photography as well. And so she's very used to seeing all these color filters, I think. And so she's very, very sensitive in terms of how color and light interacts, which I think is very important for photographers. Yes. And it's another reason that we get really frustrated when our clients put filters over our photos when they put them on Instagram, (laughs) because it's like we work so hard to get your skin tone just right. And then you go and put an orange filter on it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Don't you get that in weddings a lot? Like I've heard from my friends like all the time. Yes, it happens all the time. And I've just, I kind of got to the point where I stopped fighting it. And I was just like, you know what? I can't control everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) There are way more better things to fight about in life. So yeah. Yeah. But it's always a little bit cringeworthy because then your name is kind of attached to it. And you're like, but I didn't edit it like that, you know? Yeah. And so when you're photographing the home, do you go for a certain angle? Like, you know, this is like your signature angle. You always shoot maybe something from the front or you always have to get the side. Like what are some of the important elements that you're always looking for? Um, I always try to get a straight on shot from the outside, um, you know, the exterior front, uh, just the curb appeal. I think it's really important to be able to see just a straight shot. Um, and then I get, you know, an angled shot of it too. So you can kind of see more of the yard space. Um It really depends on the house because every house is laid out so differently. Um, But I try as best I can, especially in the kitchens, to get really good angles of the appliances and the cabinets. And um, I try, I think the hardest rooms in in a house would be the bathrooms, especially the small bathroom that's just the toilet and sink, because Mm. there's just no room to get a good angle, especially if you don't want to be in the mirror. Oh, that's another thing that I see a lot of mistakes on um, is people (laughs) having reflections in their mirror. So I try not to do that, but then you're basically standing in the doorway and the only thing you can do is basically a vertical photograph of 
you know, the sink and the, the lights um, at, at an angle because you can't be straight on with the mirror. So there are some that it's just like, there's no other way to do it, um, which is frustrating, but it is the way it is. And then um, as far as angles, we kind of covered, you know, trying to get that, that flow of the house is one of my, mm. my biggest things is when I, when I want to find a good angles to where can I stand that's going to show off how this space actually feels. Yeah. I think that's really important, especially I feel like lifestyle photography is really on the rise, mm-hmm. even in real estate photos as well. I think people really yeah. want to sell the lifestyle and it's actually very important for millennials. They are becoming the number one buyer group in the States yes. and they're all about lifestyle. So I see more and more photography, um, even for real estate, especially more high-end ones, they're really all about lifestyle. And sometimes you might not even see the entire room. Like they shot it more like kind of like magazine style where you see like half the bed, the nightstand and the window kind of thing. So Yeah. 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 And I would, I would love to see more styling and staging just for that factor alone, because it would be really fun to work with uh, a bit more, um, interesting furniture or that kind of thing instead of just the basic beds and <laughs> couches. Yeah, I agree um, with you. I think staging yeah. should be mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would definitely make your house more sellable, I think. Yeah. And so what camera body and lens do you normally shoot with? I uh, photograph with a Nikon D750 and um, my favorite lens for uh, real estate is the 24 millimeter. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I have used a wider one than that. I've used a a 16 to 24, which was amazing, but it was also $3,000. And I borrowed it from a friend and I was like, you know, I can't quite justify buying one of these at the moment. And to be honest, it kind of distorted the edges of the image. It was almost fisheye. And so I was like, you know what, I think I prefer my 24 millimeter just because it keeps the line straighter, even though it might not show quite as much of the room it it shows it better so do you do lens correction once you get into Lightroom occasionally um if there is a particular um particularly the the really wide ones that that we keep talking about where it shows like the flow the the curve yeah Yeah, like the wall looks like it's curved yeah yeah so those I will do a little bit um for most of them, I don't seem to need it. I'll, I'll often just check. I'll like, I'll click the button to, um, in Lightroom to check the distortion. And oftentimes it isn't even really distorted at all. So, um, you know, I do when I have to, but it doesn't seem to be that often. Yeah. And what would you say is like the money shot if you're, when you're shooting real <laughs> estate listings? Like, like, let's say they can only pick five photos. Like, what are the must have they need to have? Okay, so the five must-haves would be a uh, front exterior, curb curb shot, um, a kitchen shot, a master bedroom, um, a a living space, and you know maybe like the dining space. Yeah, basically all the key common area plus the master. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think curb appeal is really important. It really bugs me when I look at real estate listings. They don't put any picture of the house. Or they only put the picture of the house, which always makes me think something is wrong in the interior. Exactly. You kind of need, you know, to include it, but it has to be more than just that. Yeah. And what are some of the challenges that you run into in your line of work? Um, Just messy houses. Um, So, you know, walking into a space where I kind of have to decide really quickly if I'm going to clean it or if it's just going to have to be the way it is and it kind of depends on how much time I have and how messy it is so I do encourage people um, ahead of time you know like move the kid toys or um, we're often shifting things from room to room I mean I I realize that people are often moving around then and so there maybe some people are already starting to pack boxes so we'll move the boxes from one bedroom into the next and then shift them back while I have to shoot the other room so there's always that part of it that gets a little bit tricky um I don't move furniture just for liability reasons or like artwork or things that are going to be valuable yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um but little things like tv remotes or uh you know magnets off the fridge you know it it takes 
I guess if if it was an ideal situation, all of that would be taken care of before I arrive. But I I often end up just tweaking things like that, and then it takes more time. Yeah, and I definitely see the liability issue because I remember one of my first job.、Uh, it was an occupied staging where the homeowner was living there and we're using their stuff.、Mm-hmm. And then when we finished, we did a reveal, and then she asked, "Can I? Is it okay not to use this particular teapot in the staging?" I was like, "Of course." And then she told me this story how her like how her ancestor basically brought that teapot on the Mayflower、oh, wow. over. And I was like, "Oh, I'm glad I didn't drop it." So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you never know the history behind homeowners' pieces. So I totally I understand. And that so I'm, I'm always thankful when the realtor and one member of you know the family or whoever is there, so that they can kind of be witness that, or be you know extra help to move things as needed, and that I don't necessarily have to touch the items.、Um, it it's always very awkward for me when a realtor just is like. Here's the key. Go take the photos by yourself, and I'm always like, okay, because <laughs> I, I almost prefer having somebody around to be witness that I'm not like breaking something or whatever. Yeah, and so because there are so many different real estate photographers on the market and different、yeah. quality as well, how can a homeowner or real estate agent know if they're hiring a good one? Um, I would ask to see their portfolio and not just like email me two photos or five photos, but to actually see a gallery so that you can see、um, a variety of house styles that they have photographed.、Um, for example, I、uh, go out to、um, Lake Country, which is just forty miles away from Fargo, Moorhead, and do a lot of lake properties. And so I have on my website a a lake property that's、uh, like a wood cabin, and that's really hard to photograph because of the color of the wood and to get that correctly toned and everything.、Um, and then I also have a basic 1980s split level on my website, and then I have a really nice fancy kitchen that was a modern build and you know like granite countertops. And so being able to see that this person is consistent throughout different. Types of housing situations that they can photograph the color correctly, the windows, the the angles, and that sort of thing.、Um, I think just being able to see that would give me confidence that that photographer knows what they're doing. That's great. I love that. And what is the number one tip you'll give to home sellers or real estate agents when it comes to real estate photography? Clean the houses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the counters clear.、Um, you know, even even things like、um, bathrobes hanging on the back of a, a you know a closet or something like that. It might look nice in person, but that's just going to kind of look sloppy in the photo. It just kind of looks like somebody just threw their wet towel, you know, their wet robe on there that morning. So, you know, kind of try to think what's going to stand out in an image rather than what looks normal in life. Um, yeah. So that would be my biggest tip: is just really go through the house meticulously, slowly, and try to put on a new set of eyes when you're looking around a room. Yeah, you know how they say like camera adds ten pounds for people. I think、yep. it's same for clutter. Yeah. So if you have like piles of paper or toys or dog shoes or everywhere, like it's just gonna look way worse on the photograph. Yes. And if you do have pets.、Um, You know, put them in the garage or somewhere else. I, I remember one time I photographed a house, and I got home and I got into Lightroom, and all of a sudden I noticed that on their black leather couch was a black cat, and I had not seen it in person. Like it was just so blended in that I hadn't seen it. And there's this cat in the photograph. <laughs> <So> . <laughs> It's like eyes staring at you. <laughs> yes, and yeah, I I don't know how I missed it in person, but、um, it was just funny as I was editing. I I had to text the. The realtor and I was like, um, the cat got in one of the photos. Is that going to be a problem? <laughs> Or did you clone like clone stamp it out in Lightroom? <laughs> um, I was able to on a, a couple of them, but there was a few angles where it just it wasn't possible to clone. Like the ear was at a weird angle or something, if I remember right. And they were like, "Oh, that's fine." So they were good about it. But yeah,、um, if you have pets, make sure that they're not going to be like. Secretly having their head around the corner watching the photographer because sometimes we just don't see them creeping up or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm seeing some pretty bad MLS photos. Like I remember there's one where, for some reason, it's like the picture. I guess they want to show off the carpeting, but it was literally like a photo of 
a carpeted floor with a bunch of stuff like yeah like dog toys and in the middle of it there was like a puppy sleeping like belly up (laughs) pastel I mean it was super cute but I was like this doesn't this is distracting like it doesn't really add to it's not going to sell the house or make somebody want to come and see it so that's probably another thing like as you're taking pictures or choosing pictures you know think about what are potential buyers wanting to know about your house Yeah. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really love our time together. Well, thank you. This has been fun. I've appreciated it. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging.